so as you know, Will, you can't, uh, Motorola can't have all the fun. Well, neither can you. You can't have all the fun either. No. Uh, you got to spread out the fun mm. in 2019. Might as well. And so Samsung, we talked about it, but we got new images courtesy from the iciest of all universe. In universes in the galaxy. Mm. Talking about ice universe on Twitter. The man works hard. Get you the latest leaks. Uh -huh. Get you the latest news. And, of course, these new images that showed up on his social media are now floating around the internet as they would. And we got this clamshell. Motorola razor-looking type of foldable. That looks tiny when it's folded. Real portable. And you got to believe it's going to be a direct competitor to the Motorola Razor 2019, which we had in studio and shot the video recently. Because the form factor is nearly identical. Now, granted... This particular model appears to have a tiny little screen down in the bottom corner and a camera cut out beside it, but it does not, at least in the form of these images, it does not showcase a front screen, an outside clamshell screen, in the same way that the Razer 2019 does. So could this just be blank on the outside with the exception of that tiny little display showcasing the time? Maybe a couple of notifications? We don't know. This could be a test device. Things could change. It could be different. But I would say, personally, there's enough information floating around now. And Samsung themselves, of course, showcased this idea when they were talking about one UI on folding displays. They put this up on a screen, something that looked like it. So I would say you combine all those things, and it seems incredibly evident at this moment right now that Samsung is going to play in this territory. Now, the interesting part that we got to come back to, of course, uh, after seeing these images. The outside with the two camera setup. Some people might be sitting there thinking, well, you got a Galaxy S11 coming out. It's got 43 cameras on it. Of course, I'm exaggerating, as I do. But it's got a lot of cameras, got a huge cutout for all that. And here you have a foldable, which has typically been a premium device. And it looks like it's only got two cameras on the outside. So this lends itself, I actually don't think this is a bad thing, because I think what this means is that this device is actually actually going to be budget-oriented, value-oriented. I think they keep the fold line as kind of the top tier, and then they put out this foldable as the more approachable foldable, which kind of makes sense in this form factor. Is the person who picks up the clamshell foldable, are they in it for the spec chasing? Are they the, the, the most enthusiastic users, or is this more of a style play? Uh -huh. Similar to the Razer, where you don't have the 800 series chip from, from Snapdragon, from Qual Qualcomm, because you're saying, well, who's interested in this thing to begin with? Somebody who wants extreme portability, which can then flip into a bigger display, content consumption. Uh -huh. Maybe not as much gaming. Maybe, maybe not, not as much heavy hitting. So... The rumor previously was that this device might launch, should launch, could launch, alongside the S11 in February, and that this could start below the price of the S11, maybe around 800 something. Huh. So kind of change the kind of change the conversation around foldables that they don't need to be hyper premium, 2G's. So there's going to be a uh, two series. Maybe that's what it is. 
Maybe they have a different name for it. I don't know. Uh, nothing seems to have leaked yet on what they might call it. But to me, it looks like that's the angle they're going. Now, I, I, I kind of like the minimal design going on here. It, this application of the folding display somehow feels a little more native. It feels a little more expected, likely because of the nostalgia around the way phones used to flip. Uh-huh. And because it achieves the thing of getting the package smaller in your pocket while still giving you a typical smartphone experience when it's folded out. I've, I spoke about this in the Motorola video. How I always viewed the Galaxy Fold as a foldable tablet because you weren't really using that device with the exterior display in the time that I spent with it as the daily with the SIM card in. This one, on the other hand, definitely a folding phone. Because when it's in its open position, it's it can't be confused for a tablet form factor. It's absolutely a phone in its native kind of layout. So the Motorola, just to be clear, it's going to cost $1,500 and it's going to be a Verizon exclusive. But if it picks up steam, you have to know Samsung, they could ship this one over here at half the cost to every carrier on planet Earth, as you would if you were Samsung. Mm -hmm. And so... In a way, they can kind of benefit uh, benefit from this transition, this mindset transition that, oh, a foldable phone can be a clamshell. It can be ultra portable in the pocket. It can do these things. And then you go look at your carrier. You're like, I can't pick up the Razor. They got the advertising campaign. They got the whole thing going on. You say, I can't pick it up. Mm. Not with them. Or I don't have the 1500. And then Samsung says, hey, we're over here. Yeah, we got a clamshell. We're over here. You know. You know. We've been chilling, doing what we would do as Samsung. What would you call it? Putting out a thousand products because we're Samsung. Yeah. And we can. Uh, what would you call it? Well, they've used the E branding in the Galaxy S series. Mm -hmm. They throw the E on the end of it. So the S10e, likely there's going to be an S11e. Maybe you could do a Galaxy Fold E. Galaxy Fold E. Hmm. I don't know. I don't think they'll do that. But... That's the only evidence we have so far of how they treat a budget line within the S series. I don't think you can go and call it an A series like or, 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 or pull from one of the other right. series that they have. Maybe. Galaxy A Fold? Yeah. I don't know, man. It's rough. Maybe they call it something else completely. Galaxy Fold Portable. Galaxy Fold Clam. Clam Show. Can you imagine? Willie Do. That's a classic yeah. Willie Do moment right there. Uh, anyway, it's exciting. Shout out to Ice Universe for getting these images out there. This is the best look we've had so far. I can't say I'm surprised. It's sort of what we expected, certainly on the inside. The surprise is likely on the outside, where it feels like there's not very much happening. From the outside of the device, it almost looks like a flip phone from 1999. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, remember yourself in 1999. Willie oh. Do, what would your outfit look like in 1999? Don't lie to me. Uh, What's your outfit look like in 1999? Definitely ripped jeans. Really? Yeah. Chucks. Wow. Willie Doon. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have another sort of leak render based on leaks, which is kind of like leaks. And the guy's name is on leaks. So mm. wonderful times here. And this one is actually, I'm kind of into this one. 
I mean, it's starting to shape up. We're talking about the P40 Pro from mm -hmm. Huawei, which is uh, on the downside, rumored to ship without Google Play services. So we'll have Android, but it's going to be one of those headaches again to get everything up and running on it. A little bit of a headache. I know the enthusiasts are like, what headache, Lou? I, I manage that stuff. I mean, I was more like that once upon a time. I remember old olden days Android. APKs? Yeah, you weren't even an Android user if you weren't messing around with the launchers and the mods and all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. They actually kicked you out of the Android group. They said, go back to iOS. Yeah. They say, you're not, what do you, what, what kind of ROM you got? What kind of ROM you rocking? Get out, of, get out of my face. In the Android club that I was a part of. Yeah. That I was not, but yeah. on the internet, well, in the forums and yeah. things. Well, that's, didn't OnePlus's OS come out of CyanogenMod? Uh -huh. It did. Like, so that, I'm telling you, those were the days, man. Yeah. Those were the, those were the early days Android. Anyway, so. P40 Pro has been rendered collaboration between OnLeaks and 91 Mobiles. And the first image, okay, don't get to that one yet, Will. You're giving it all away here. You're, you're, you're throwing the business away here. All right. You're giving away the pancakes as if they were hotcakes. Did you know there was a difference? No, I don't. There's no difference. I don't know. Because a pancake has to be hot. What's a cold pancake? That's a bad day. Cold pancake's a bad day. Yeah. And then you got a cheesecake. It might be a good day. Did you ever... Have you been doing these Japanese cheesecakes? They're opening up everywhere. Yeah. There's a really popular one. It's opening up everywhere. Uncle Tetsu's. So everyone's into it now. Yeah. It's really light. Five years ago, eh. Now, everyone's into it. Have you tried one? No, I'll, should I? Yeah. Okay, I'll try it out. Give it a taste. I'll give it a shot. They just opened one at the mall. Oh, did they? In the market, they just opened one. Uh. Or maybe it's not open yet. They are opening one. Okay. So, uh, this is not a cheesecake. This is a smartphone. <laughs> it'd be, it would taste better if it was a cheesecake, but it's a smartphone. And the first thing you see when you look at the, the backside of this render, again, based on leaks and and... Usually when we see leaks or renders via this collaboration, they're pretty accurate. So the cutout, the camera cutout looks like the S11. Very similar. Mm -hmm. Massive. It's also going to have 43 cameras in it. Of course not. It'll have five or whatever. But a, a big focus on cameras. And then... You start to notice something a little different, but you got to look closely. Look at the top edge of the one on the front there, Will. You see that? Tell me what you see there, top edge. What do you see right now? It's nothing. Will, look at that edge. Does something look different to you on the top side? Oh, this one right here? Top edge. This yeah, that line right there. What do you see right now? It's, uh, it's smooth. How dare you? What? What you're looking at right there is no top bezel. You are seeing the display do what it does on the sides on the top. Curve over, the glass curving over. It's curving over the top? Don't you don't you see that? I see it. Um is it gonna display over the top? Because it's a, it's black. Scroll down to the next one, Will. Okay. You see in this one now? 
now you can kind of tell what's going on there. The glass, maybe not as much on the sides, but the, the full frame only comes up to the edge of the glass in the corners. On the sides and on the bottom, there's a bit of a waterfall happening. It's a quad waterfall. Mm. The water's falling all over the place. All sides. Every edge. And of course, from an engineering perspective, this is complicated. Because now your frame has to, I mean. Yeah. It's two slabs of glass that you're accommodating back and front. And the frame has all these uh, little, this curvature to it and these slim tolerances. It's really interesting. Mm. Wouldn't you agree? You don't yeah. seem to care today. I would like to see it like on. That would be nice. Just to confirm. Well, it's just a render, Will. <laughs> you know? I hear you. I hear so you. it's a render. And uh and maybe they'll maybe they'll supply that because you know they're watching. So on leaks, 91 mobiles, Will wants uh, you to put a render a fake screen in there and turn it on. Well, I just see like the iPhone kind of have like a curve thing but it's not the display i know it's what you're saying glass just the glass you know? yeah i know what you're saying let's see what they say here they yeah. say it's expected to feature a glass sandwich design sounds delicious it's a metal frame situated between two sheets of glass one on the front covering the display and one on the back the display design makes sense considering other reports claimed this might be the next evolution in smartphone screen design However, it's unclear how Huawei will handle the selfie camera. If all of a sudden waterfalls are happening all over the place, where you put cameras? What are you doing? Uh-huh. So, could be very interesting. But uh, I have to say, obviously, in an era of a tremendous number of smartphone options, as we've spoke about in the past, particularly in the flagship territory, you got to do something different. And people were buying the waterfall concept on the sides of the phone, so why not buy it on the on the top and bottom? Mm-hmm. Even if, like you said, maybe the screen isn't extending into that territory, you still have this perception of a lack of bezel, mm-hmm. forehead, chin. It might look more uniform, where you only have yep. the frame of the phone poking out in the four corners. It could be very interesting. Uh, some other speculation here. The regular model is said to feature a 6.1-inch or 6.2-inch display. Of course, there's the Pro model, standard model. The P40 Pro would be the only one getting the unique design that we just featured here, and that one would be 6.5 or 6.7 inches. Uh, It'll also have USB Type-C, and the headphone jack is supposedly gone. But anyway, I think it's going to be an interesting competitor, particularly to the S11 series of smartphones. It's going to be obviously quite reminiscent of that device on the back but it may take it may take the waterfall design to another level on the front granted from what i've seen of s11 renders and leaks that thing's looking quite impressive as well and actually that's our next story we have a very cool render from one of our friends concept creator uh he's we've actually worked together in the past i think we did a dream phone concept that he rendered up on our, our behalf. Does it still hold up today, you think? It probably looks terrible by today's standards, oh, okay. to be quite honest. But he put out a video. He puts out these amazing videos in which he brings concepts to life, hence the name Concept Creator. And his latest target was the S11. In the S11, we have lots of good information about it. So it can be uh, a close to accurate render as well. But he does a whole video concept. And the thing is spinning around, floating around. It's all its all very beautiful. Now, what he showcases here is an incredibly tiny front-facing camera. 
in the hole punch variety or the punch hole variety is depending on which, whatever you decide. Some people get really upset about that, Will. Really? Yeah, some people hate the hole punch. I wonder if it's a regional thing. It's very regional. Yeah. It's very regional. It's like cherry Coke, which, by the way, very popular. In some places here, they got rid of it. Hmm. Couldn't sell it. Couldn't sell a single one. Other places, number one beverage. Keep you in the loop there. Now, he did his render that showcases the back camera unit. It, it looks more organized than some of the previous stuff that leaked out. You have the three cameras in a straight line on the left-hand side. Now, this device also glass on the front, glass on the back. The waterfall, apparently, they kind of backed off it a little bit. And certainly, there is a forehead and a chin. But it does have incredibly slim bezels on it. And as we know, the camera performance typically from Samsung, is right up near the top tier. You can see the camera layout there, showcased. And he's got a couple of different colors that could potentially, may eventually exist. We'll see. But either way, it's a bit of eye candy is how I would describe it. I would call it eye candy, mm -hmm. the stuff he puts together. It's all floating in infinity, and, and there's reflections and stuff happening. You can't do this kind of thing, Will. Well, I can't even tell if it's a commercial. You can't it's do like this type of thing. Uncanny. You you wake up in the morning, you pour the cereal, miss the bowl. <laughs> Happens every every morning. <laughs> You're picking up the little extra cereal flakes. You gotta put them back in the bowl. One by one. Yeah. Uh, no, of course I'm. I, of course that's not true. Willie do he pours the cereal with precision. I'm just having, I'm having some fun. That's all because. Yeah. If Willie Do does it, he does it with precision. And if you wanted to do this, Will, you could do this. I don't know about that. No, you could do it, man. It might take you a week, but you could do it. it might take you a year. I'm looking at this right now. It might take him a year. But that's a nice-looking phone. Look at how big the camera cutout is on the right on a Plus model. Oh, baby. One, two, three, four, five cameras. It's massive. But who cares? These things are cameras now. They're not phones. They're, they're cameras that are also phones. And people want to show off their new camera. Look what happened with the iPhone, Will. At first glance, people were, people were saying, I can't. I'm not going to be caught dead with that. Mm -hmm. First glance right there. And then you get used to it. And all of a sudden, you want to show off your camera because it means you're cutting edge. You're right on the edge. So S11 happening really soon. It's the next big launch. You know we're paying attention. And so is Concept Creator. Uh, this is a crazy story. $43 million fraud by Foxconn managers selling iPhones made from rejected parts. This story from a couple of days ago I had to talk about. It. It's so interesting. So there's a lot of rejected parts when you're manufacturing millions of devices, and each device has thousands and thousands of components. you got to assume there's stuff that gets rejected, maybe not because it's completely busted, but it just doesn't, meet the exact criteria. It might have a tiny little mark on it or something, mm -hmm. so it gets rejected. Uh, now, the official protocol inside of Foxconn is to destroy the rejected parts. They got to be destroyed. Well, this particular fraud here alleges that certain individuals inside the facility there were taking those to-be-destroyed parts and keeping them and actually keeping so many of them that they were able to turn those parts into functioning iPhones and then sell those iPhones over a three-year period for a total net of 
$43 million. You imagine that? Do you know what that, you know what's crazy about this story to me? Is not that people, not that this took place, but that there's $43 million of thrown out parts over a three year span that they got. So that means they, they couldn't just stop throwing everything out because all of a sudden the manager comes around and says, yeah. Garbage can's empty here. Where are the rejects? Yeah. So they could only skim a small amount. So you're talking about maybe, maybe it's $400 million worth of parts chucked mm -hmm. in the garbage. Whoa. That's a garbage can. That's a garbage can you want to hang out beside that garbage can yeah. guy like you. I'm just assembling broken iPhones you're just, in the back. Who knows what's getting chucked in there? It's a perfectly good phone with a little nick on it. Uh, so sounds really lucrative. So anyway, it it all it all came out. A, a Taiwanese businessman has purportedly worked with a group of management staff at Foxconn's facility to obtain and assemble flawed iPhone parts, which are then sold under the guise of iPhone products manufactured at the Chinese production base. The defective components would have been destroyed, according to normal procedures. The businessman and his crime ring have made a fortune out of these illegal dealings. Now, according to uh, some feedback from the former chairman of Foxconn, uh, that's Terry. Remember Terry? We had a cool picture of Terry not too long ago. He had the hat on. He was like running for president of Taiwan or something. Anyway, he's the Foxconn dude. And he said, here's his quote, it's not, it would not be surprising for unreasonable things to happen involving a small number of them when you have millions of employees. I mean, it's huge. You have millions of employees. You don't need that many to, to, to come up with these types of scams, these types of schemes. And it's actually not the only operation that's been caught. It just happens to be one of the biggest ever reported. $43 million in revenue. That's a big business, uh -huh. ladies and gentlemen. That ain't, I don't think you can call that a scam, $43 million. Does it go back into like the loop? Does it get recycled in back to, you know, Apple products? No. No, 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 no. Nee, nee. They just dispose of it. You're talking yeah. about garbage. You're talking about the garbage can. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> the landfill? Yeah. <laughs> Does it really? They burn it right into the atmosphere. Oh. Yeah, they got to... Yeah, don't tell Greta, man. Don't tell Greta what's going on. She's gonna head straight to Foxconn. Foxconn. Maybe you, maybe you gotta tell her. She's like, what? They threw out forty-three million yeah, in I'm gadgets. On my way. Her spidey sense is tingling. She's getting her sailboat and shut them down. Greddy sense. Yeah, Greddy sense. She'll go see Terry herself. Uh. Shut him down. Uh. So anyway, yeah, it's not surprising. I think it's the scale of it that's surprising. That you could do that for three years. You gotta, you gotta start to do the math. Who knew about it? Who didn't? Forty-three million dollars is a nice little business. And that's just iPhones. Just iPhones. It's not like other just iPhones. Hardware. Now you can understand why Apple would be mad because now you got these iPhones floating around. Yeah, they're not certified. Got a badge on it. Yeah. People think they got a real iPhone, but then that person got a deal, so they kind of know. Mm -hmm. Person who buys kind of like, ah, eh, whatever. But you know, Will. You ever been to Shenzhen before? Shenzhen? You ever been there? Yes. Yeah, you have. You walk through the Quite marketplace. a lot of iPhones. You walk through the marketplace. They're all running Android. You walk through that place. 
And it just, it's stacks of iPhones. Like, they're not even stored like phones, just elastic bands around iPhones. You remember that? Yeah, people were uh, plastic wrapping and then using the hair dryer to kind of like shrink wrap it. Yep. It was just... Right on the side. Like, iPhones were some kind of a currency. I'll give you 10 iPhones yeah. for a uh, bucket of mackerel. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's some top tier. That's some sushi-grade mackerel. Yeah. Maybe some tuna. You know? You know, like, the real... What was the biggest the deal they ever tuna. did on that one tuna? 1.3? talking about a million-dollar tuna. Yeah. So, so all, these guys in this scam, they get all the tuna they want. Oh, yeah. With this scam right here. Top sushi. Anyway, so yeah, it's a, it's a crazy story. 43 million bucks uh, in in stolen iPhone parts that were supposed to be thrown out. You know the weird thing about this scam is you kind of sit there and you say to yourself, well, okay, humans are using those phones. They were able to put them together. They're able to use them. They would have just been disposed of, possibly recycled like you said. But like, let's just say for a second disposed of. You had to mine these components from the earth. You had to suck them out of the earth. Is this? Do you have any Robin Hood vibes? Where you're saying to yourself, hey, man, they took these parts. They're going to be thrown out anyways. In a way, yeah. You go, Okay, not much. Well, I mean, like, they can live without phones. When you're talking hmm. about Robin Hood, I was thinking, like, food, like, survival stuff. But, you know, the people buying the, the phones. That's what I'm thinking. They could live without it. Willie do. <laughs> Willie do. Bringing the heat today. That's a no coffee Willie do right there. Yeah. I'm as bad as Greta. <laughs> uh yeah, no, but still, you understand from Apple's perspective whether, yeah, I mean, nobody really got like personally harmed here or hurt. Yeah. But from Apple's perspective, imagine this stuff's going out the side door. People used to say this about Nike stuff. You would get the Nike counterfeit Nikes, and they're just so good. And you'd be sitting there saying, how do they manage it? And people would always use the term. They'd say, oh, when it went out the back door. Yeah, They're making, literally. Manufacturing these extra ones and send it out the back door. Uh, so the brand themselves, you, you can totally understand why they'd be upset. It makes, it makes sense. Yes. This is a weird one. Caught my attention. Your phone's blue light filter may be worse for you than blue light. <laughs> I heard about this. It's like the exact opposite. Right? I know. Isn't it? But doesn't it seem to always happen? That some something comes out, some story comes out, and then the exact opposite has to come out. Yes, it's it's bizarre. It's almost like because you want to read it, it has to get written, and and there's always going to be competing opinions and evidence and all the rest of it. So the way this breaks down is uh, there's some new research apparently pointing to the fact that our eyes behave. Yes, blue light is damaging, but potentially yellow light is signaling something to our brain differently from blue light, particularly that yellow light happens around midday uh, and it can, it can, it can trigger uh, a recognition of daylight in a different way than, than the response that your eyes have to blue light. So there's a, there's a line here. There's a, a, a particular word relating to, oh, here we go. Uh, I don't have it yet. It's a protein. Melan, melanopsin. Oh, 
So initially, the reasoning behind changing the color of your phone screen was based on some rather sound principles. The human eye contains a protein called melanopsin, which reacts to the intensity of light. And it, you get this protein when you perceive light as blue. And then theoretically, that stimulates your brain to let it know it's daylight and not to sleep. Okay, cool. This is all, by the way, coming via mobile syrup. However... The University of Manchester suggests there's more going on here than we know. And they had a blog post recently around this study. And they basically noted that there's marginal benefits to tinting your phone screen to make it more yellow. So I've done videos on this. I've talked about this. I talk to people anecdotally, human beings. I, I talk to human beings. And a lot of people have obviously implemented these fil uh, filters. Are they use them? Do you use them? Sunrise, sunset. Uh, I, I do use them as well. Usually not on the laptop, but on the phone. I'll just have it set auto to automatically shift throughout the day. How high is your intensity? I'm, I'm curious. Whatever the default is. Okay. It's nothing extreme. And... What's my, what's my experience here? My experience is being on your phone prior to going to bed is gonna, it's gonna wreck your sleep anyway. Uh -huh. All right. But but again, getting back to personal experience, I do find it easier to look at the yellower tones uh -huh. as opposed to the blue ones. I do you feel that searing thing when the blue light is blasted? Very like sterile. I don't know like what that. it is. It's just it. It's very potent, powerful. At least I'm just talking from personal experience. And with the yellow one, maybe not so much. But, you know, on the flip side, the yellow one, maybe you stay on your phone longer. Yeah. Because this is, this is comfortable. I'm comfortable now. So here's another hour of life wasting, of just melting away into nowhere. As you do on your smartphone. You just, just kind of you melt like an like an ice cream cone in July. That's what some of this social media is doing to you. Uh -huh. To me, we'll, yeah, it will melt you. Yeah, it does. So, so then in the if you were to put it down because it was blue, and then now you start doing the math, and you realize, man, whatever. I don't know. It's probably all bad for you. Probably the real takeaway here is chill on the smartphone before bed. But otherwise, what better indication do you have than when you? have the experience and how you feel. And and so for me, the blue one is just a little bit more uh, aggravating than the yellow one. But as in, in terms of long-term eye health, apparently that we now have an active dispute over what color your screen should be. How about you? What do you think? You, you find the yellow easier to look at? It is, yeah, yeah. I do agree with you. I do tend to set it down a little bit lower than default. Uh -huh. um, I just don't like that jarring orange. Yeah, you know, um, I do see it, but yeah, I, I I particularly find it more comfortable. Yeah. Uh, speaking of screens and looking at screens, cars are kind of becoming screens more so than cars. Mm -hmm. They're just giant screens on wheels, and the upcoming 2021 Cadillac Escalade will be no exception. It's going to feature a 38-inch display. Oh. I remember Will when a 27-inch TV was. That was a living room. 27-inch yeah. TV was a living room. Like, yeah. that guy's got a nice setup. 
It's not bad. He's got a 27-inch Trinitron with some uh, Pioneer floor-standing speakers and, a, and an AV rack. Quite and the so, setup there. And so that guy's got quite a setup, and I would not mind watching a film there because that would be a good time yeah. on a comfortable couch. And that wasn't that long ago, but now the actual dash of your 2021 Cadillac Escalade is going to have a 38-inch display. It's going to look a lot better because it's going to be OLED as well, Will. Mm. So never mind your 1992 setup. We now put, we put 38 inches in the car. And it's not a rectangle. It's like... No, it's curved. Yeah. It's curved. It's fancy. It's just, you can only, they're only teasing it right now. They don't want to show you the whole thing. They got to save up for February 4th in Los Angeles, which is the launch the the launch for the upcoming new Escalade. The interior needed a bit of an update to keep up with what Ford is doing with the Navigator. The Navigator got an all new kind of interior. And of course, the automotive industry in general is becoming more tech. Uh, you can thank Tesla for that, putting a giant uh, display in there. That's the inside of the Navigator. It's got a big display also. It's not 38 inches, I'll tell you that. Now, the 38 inches is going to be di a diagonal measurement, and mostly the thing is long. So the dash is, a lot of it is screen. So it's not like looking at a 38-inch TV, but the teaser does give you a pretty clear indication of the fact that you're go it's going to be a lot of screen from behind your steering wheel and all the way over to the passenger side. Mm -hmm. So what you can do with that screen, that'll be interesting to see. Will it be seamless or will it be split in two? Will you have some things that you can't configure, like where your, where your speedometer would normally live? Uh, we'll have to wait and find out, but it is interesting. The, some of the competitors, uh, or sorry, some of the other products from General Motors, like the Suburban and Tahoe, they have 10, 10 and a half inch touchscreens. So there's, this is a huge a huge upgrade for GM. They have nothing like this right now. Mm -hmm. And it could be an indication of something that could roll out to more of their vehicles, but it continues down this trend of cars becoming tech and people buying cars based on tech first and other elements second. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty interesting. The one thing there, it's not, not everybody likes this. Uh, you, you will still hear criticisms from people saying, I want some, I want some buttons, I want some knobs. Let me turn a knob. Uh, Kirk is one of those guys. Knob guy. He wants to turn a knob. And increasingly, as everything goes display, you're losing your knobs. Yeah, less tactile. You're losing your buttons. Yeah. And, the you know, the upcoming Ford, the Mach-E, they kept a giant knob for Kirk because they had watched this show and they realized how much it mattered to him. And so they they did an entire a giant portrait touchscreen and they just kept the big knob there for Kirk. See that? That's a knob. You see that? Never so one. So Kirk must not be the only Kirk. He must not be the only Kirk on planet Earth. Uh, but we'll see what we'll see the way that GM treats it with the upcoming Escalade. 
And obviously, we're well aware of what Tesla thinks about knobs. You don't get a single knob. I'll tell you what. It's a knob-free zone. FBI investigators exposed two streaming sites, Jetflix and iStreamItAll. And uh, they, they've arrested some people. They, I, I, didn't, I, don't, I didn't know about either of these, by the way. I just thought this was interesting because apparently there was way more content in these places than the actual legal places to get uh. content. Uh, they did a comparison next to Netflix and Amazon. Jetflix and iStream it all offer more movies and TV episodes than Amazon and Netflix combined. Mm. <laughs> that's that's tough. Yeah, that's tough to compete against. Uh, this is coming via journal transcript, but it was reported in a number of places. Two Los Angeles-based programmers pleaded guilty for running the illegal video streaming sites. They had more content than Amazon Prime, Vudu, Hulu, and Netflix. And they, they, they found a way to actually earn money from this by having subscriptions and doing most of it through email. Apparently, the, the claim here is they made more than a million dollars. And they're being charged with copyright infringement now. They offered 11,000 movies and 118,000 TV episodes. And apparently, they had several hundred paid subscribers. Several hundred. How do you make a million dollars off several hundred subscribers? I guess I guess it's including the ad revenue. I don't know how what the what kind of setup these sites have, have, but it's it's an interesting topic because the pirating thing. I remember growing up, it was everybody was pirating stuff. Yeah, Napster. It was yeah, it was just it was like a kind of a it was a weird it was a weird time because most of the content providers had not figured out the internet at all nor cared to prior to itunes napster's a good one kaza yeah you remember kaza oh yeah kaza whatever it was limewire yeah it was just and then torrents popped up after that utorrent yep uh pirate bay obviously was a big one and but tor around the torrent time was the traditional media providers had kind of figured it out there were options but in the early days it wasn't you couldn't even get stuff mm -hmm. it was it was hard to even find a way to get it but of course over time the process of getting content through the web has changed substantially and you have products like amazon netflix Hulu. And so you hear about pirating less frequently. At least I do in my life. Mm -hmm. I got all the services. I'm yes. going broke on these services. Yeah. I actually have. I don't have Disney yet. Maybe I should give that one a shot. I yeah. should try that one out because that one's doing really well. They had like 22 million. They, they, they released some figures. They got like 22 million users already. Impressive. People love it. People, Mandalorian people love the it. Baby Yoda. To, uh, my Twitter feed. Star Wars, man, everywhere. They got a new movie, and they got a Baby Yoda, and they got a Disney Plus. Yeah, you can't beat that. Holy moly. And I, you got uh, Reed Hastings. He's just trying to run a business. <laughs> and you got to deal with Baby Yoda now. I mean, what can he do? He can't. He doesn't have any babies. Yeah. Baby, Baby Yoda just sits there 
acts cute and then he just although jack's it. watching a new documentary on on netflix so yeah. at least they got that he's really into it he talked about it every day we're no, not gonna we're not no. gonna go into it yeah. he's jack's a bit twisted so we're not gonna go into it <laughs> no, 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 no we're not gonna talk about it we'll let you off the hook on this one jack yeah, we'll let Jack off the hook. Anyway, uh, cr criminal distribution of copyrighted work. And I don't know what the punishment is for this. It probably has something to do with the amount of earnings. The earnings from piracy are estimated at over $1 million for this group. And the customers were targeted through emails to subscribe to services. I don't know how this all works, but I remember back in the day, what was it? There was, what was that music site? Did you ever get into, was it Waffle? No. Man, there were some places you really wanted to be, if I recall correctly. Was it waffle.fm? Was that something? I have this wrong. It wasn't called that. But there were some really cool ones. If you were if you were really cool, you'd be in there. And you'd be like, give me an invite to that one. I think TV torrents used to work like that. Well, MIRC, like if you're in a certain channel, then man, you can get anything. Easy, Will. <laughs> <laughs> I've never used MIRC. Easy, man. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's uh it's definitely a different time now. It's there's less of an excuse for doing it now because there are ways to get pretty much everything you're looking for. Uh granted, there are still probably some circumstances in which you can't find some things and or or it's more difficult in the region you're in. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of reasons for all this. But anyway, these two guys got caught. The FBI was on the case. So the FBI is still working as well, by the way, to be clear. The FBI, they're still doing work. They're still tracking people down. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you were wondering if the FBI was still doing that, they are. They're still doing their job. They're still looking for pirates is what I'm trying to say. All right, last one for me. This is from a few days ago, but I thought it was interesting. With the Cybertruck coming out, a lot of people have taken it upon themselves to present some mods and mock-ups for attachments and how it'll how it'll all work and this is important in the truck world people who have trucks they put stuff on them B uh, put bars on the front and racks people do stuff with trucks uh -huh. they use them they use them they abuse them they bruise them oh I don't, that I, was good i don't know you know you like that well yeah not bad not bad so you got to do the same thing with the Cybertruck because it's a truck. It's got truck in the name. So these people are taking it upon themselves. We have some very cool mods when you scroll down here. Somebody decided to put the dualies on the backside. You see the double tires back there. So now you're even more of a beast. It's the type Kirk wants to drive, something like this. Uh, still lacking knobs, but six tires. So you're going to have to weigh the options there. And the next one down... Forget it. Just put tracks on it because you're a tank now. And I like that they put this one in the Alpine white color because this is some uh, 007 golden eye type of moment. I was just going to say. That's what it's a vibe. Cool, it's yeah. a feel. And the winter, the winter level where you got the... What is the silenced gun in that called? The PP7 or something? PP... Yeah, silenced PP7 on that level. And you're marching around keeping it quiet. And then you might run into this and then you're definitely dead. Yeah. And now, besides just having tracks on it, it also appears to have some sort of rig in the bed. This is a thing that's been talked about. 
there may or may not be access to the bed from the back seat. So a lot of camping type of people that I live in, I'm camping the world. I'm van uh, life. Van life. life. That, that scene really likes to have access to the bed from the back row so they can live in the whole thing. And it may have access through that rear window. I don't know. Uh, but if it does, you could rig it up like this and uh, have a whole setup going on. You can scroll down a little bit more there, Will. This is cool. This dude did an animation kind of thing of what his dune buggy version uh, would be like. You see he's got the extra tires in the back as well as a metal rack in the back there. And he animated it. John Sybil on Instagram. What do you think about that animation? Well, that's kind of cool, right? Yeah. I've seen it before. It's some sort of effect. You're not that happy. Well, I've seen it before. All right. Jeez, it's, man. It's cool. Holy moly. Willie do in 2019. You can't impress him. It's like a sandstorm. Right you now. can't get to him. He took. It's like a still image, and then you animate it by making the other objects around the thing yeah. move. The, the sand sky, looks pretty convincing. And the sand. Willie Do's not happy today at all. He skipped the coffee. What can I do? What yeah, can I say? What can I do? He's pirating content right now. He's currently hey, pirating content. <laughs> all right, scroll down. There's, I think there's, there's one more cool one. There it is. The military setup for the Cybertruck. You have a, a giant automatic turret deal on the back. This has to be the inspiration. This looks like the Warthog. It looks exactly like the Warthog from Halo. Yep. And I think Elon even said that was the inspiration for his design. And rigged up like this, that's, that's actually what it is. You now have a real-life Warthog. So you could maybe see that. I don't know how it would work as a military vehicle with the big battery in there. If that thing gets punctured, I think it's a bit dangerous. I don't... You'd have to really bulletproof the exterior, I guess. But but there are weaknesses for gas vehicles as well. I don't, I'm, I'm assuming you could probably rig one of these up in a military status. Mm. And that would be interesting to see. So Cybertruck uh, continues to capture the attention of planet earth actually you can scroll down there's one more we can look at that that is quite popular not this that's the actual cyber there cyber camper and this is a trailer attachment in the same style as the cyber truck so you're full cyber and and you live in that and i guarantee some youtuber is going to do that oh yeah a youtuber will be the cyber truck i i'm living in my cyber truck a million subscribers in a month. Yeah. So that's a freebie for anyone who's going to be the first to do it. All you have to do is live in your Cybertruck or shoot videos that make it look like you're living in your Cybertruck. That's good enough too. You could uh -huh. just live in your house. Yeah. Or apartment and then for and then just when you drive around the neighborhood. Yep, and when you're filming your video, you live in the Cybertruck. You just all you have to do is put a blanket in there yeah. and a cooler. Yeah. And you're live and that's all it takes. So that's a freebie for you there. If you scroll down a little bit more, well, you see the Cyber house for your Cybertruck. Oh, nice. Uh, with a with a parking spot in the shape of your Cybertruck. No knobs in that house. And then we have an even more advanced version of the Cyber Camper with a huge window on the side, because you got to you got to catch the vista, because you'll be looking at a lot of vistas mm. when you uh, live that lifestyle. And apparently, this trailer can go off road because look at the hills this guy's got to oh. climb with the trailer attached. That's looking yeah. like a recipe for a disaster right there. But who knows when you're living in the Cybertruck? Nobody knows. You might be in a forest like that. Where is that forest? 
it might not exist. Not on Earth as we know it right now. Yeah. It could be on a different planet because Cybertruck is not governed by the laws of physics. Yeah, it can go anywhere, really. Interstellar Cybertruck. Think about it. 